This is the Grace Bible Church, Central Texas, Colleen, Texas, Fort Hood, Harker Heights podcast. You can ask more questions at begrace.org slash questions for the podcast that we do where you ask questions. Or you can email office at begrace.org. The podcast is produced by Joey Cologne. Podcast is written by Jim Wilson. Starring in the podcast is Joey Cologne's dog, Chris Webster's children, Jim Wilson's engines, and Dave McMurray's books. How was that? It's great. Excellent. It was really good. This is Sunday Recap, a weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast where we talk about life and faith based off of your your sermon, Dave's sermon, this past Sunday. Uh, for more recordings of our podcast, for more sermons, visit begrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org. I'm Joey Clone, one of the assistant pastors here. I'm Chris Webster, the assistant pastor of Guitars and Google Hangouts. Jim Wilson, the assistant pastor of Pig Killing. What? Oh. I, I feel frightened now. an assassin. I'm, I'm Dave McMurray, preaching pastor. Uh, I feel upset. Wow. Um, he's talking about killing the coronavirus, y'all. We'll fix yeah. that for you. Um, we'll, we'll edit that in post-production. <laughs> Just kidding. It'll be like a robot voice. I'm the pastor of... Hams and turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Oh man! Well, we're really uh, <laughs> we're really glad to be here, kind of, sort of, with you today. Uh, I was reading something about uh, dissonance. I think no, I don't know. I can't remember mm-hmm. the right word. English is hard. I've already been in three meetings today, uh, mm-hmm. but it's the thing to do with not actually being together, but your brain feeling like you are supposed to be because you're doing video chats and stuff. It was really interesting. Mm. I don't remember what it was or where I read it, but Mm. it was like this, you know why you're always tired now and feeling weird now? And it had something to do with your brain trying to trick your body into thinking you're with other people, but you're not, and it's just a weird Mm. thing. Anyways. um, I'm glad to have some explanation because, yeah, it's been weird. Yeah, I'd have to look it up more, but... But the other thing that's weird is Sundays. Sundays are really weird, and this podcast yeah. is about Sundays. And probably the weirdest part for me is hanging in the lobby afterwards. Mm. I don't know. Maybe not. It's all weird. It's weird that nobody's there. It's weird that it's like a studio TV production almost. Um, mm. we, that was funny. On Sunday, I think this messed with Dave too, but... The volume was too low, and so people were mm. commenting, the volume's too low. Yeah. And so so in that in the room, Kendrick turned Just the blaring, speakers yeah. super loud. And I had like some room mics still in my ears. And so when I started leading worship, it was just like, Wah! like I couldn't hear my voice. Oh, I, I couldn't you hear my drums. I too, was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, that's why I was hanging out the whole time. And then I know when Dave, when you were preaching, it was really loud next to you, right? So did you feel the temptation to like talk more quietly and stuff? Maybe. I didn't even, I didn't consciously didn't notice. notice it. Okay. So that's been my experience most of my preaching life that I sound too loud and then I talk too quietly. Okay. I was trying Meanwhile, to read your mind. 
Meanwhile, all of us at home were trying to figure out what have we done? What have I messed up this morning? What yeah. I haven't? No, no. <laughs> it was it was it was we Scrambling. we messed it up. You want to know what happened? Here's some insider insider baseball for you. Should I turn Latency. on this light? Hold on. Latency. Yeah. Sorry, I just realized I'm all blue. Is that better? Or does it not really make a difference? Cool. Looks great. Here's some Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> here's some here's some insider baseball for you. So the cameras we have, uh, they have decent zooms, but we wanted to get closer shots. So we moved the cameras from the back of the room in the sound booth up to the front of the room. In order to do that, we had to switch our audio source from going through the camera or out of the soundboard into a box, into a camera. Then the camera sends the sound to the live stream. And so we had to switch from that to just going from the soundboard into the box, into the live stream. In theory, nothing different really happens. But in actuality, it seems like the microphone was probably boost, or the microphone, the camera was probably boosting the sound from the little box into the live stream in the past. And because it wasn't doing, since we took the camera out of the, the mix, it seemed to be much lower volume. Hmm. And that's something that we probably could have and should have realized beforehand. But I had headphones in and I was listening and it didn't sound hmm. bad to me, but it did sound quieter, but it didn't click until after y'all said it was quieter. So appreciate your help in helping us figure that out. And it was still not great this week, even by the end. You know, we just boosted everything as loud as we could without having to unplug things and replug things back in. But we're going to get it worked out for this week. Hmm. Kendrick already messaged me and said it's, it's good. So he said, good job, Kendrick. It is finished. It is done. It is finished. It is done. Thanks, Kendrick. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many behind the scenes people that take care of so many things. So thank you to all mm. those people. Well done, well done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Any other thoughts about Sunday and weirdness? I can touch my face because I'm at home and I washed my hands. <laughs> Sunday and weirdness. Uh, Do Sundays feel weird to you, Dave? They feel... Slightly weird to me. Yeah. I miss seeing people. Me actually preaching doesn't feel that different, that part of it. It is, it's weird, but it's not, it's not like, you know, a huge difference. For for me, I feel like it's like during the music and stuff, it's really weird unless I'm like really in the zone on the cameras and I have the headphones in and I'm listening and trying to like time transitions Mm -hmm. Then it doesn't feel as weird because I feel like, oh, I'm part of the service. But once I like take them off to go move a camera or something, it just becomes this weird, completely different for me. Yeah. And I think for us introverts sitting at home, Mm -hmm. we still long for interaction as much as it tires us out to be in crowds and conversations and stuff. Hmm. We still feel so distinctly apart. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm a I'm in the middle. I like time with people and I like time alone. And what's actually helpful is people's faces are incredibly distracting to me when I preach. <laughs> and so I've been doing it for 20 years, so I've kind of like learned to shut it off, but 
there's a it's kind of nice to not have that distraction <laughs> you know? who during the stream somebody during the stream yesterday when i was talking about man you all you know speak a lot during the chat in the chat but you don't do that mm. during service we should do that somebody mm. said uh well my my face <laughs> makes all the, the comments that i uh, write in the in the chat yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> funny that's funny. I just feel I feel really distracted because I'm, you know, half in charge of the screens and half in charge of the videos and half in, and then the kids' music and the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all the like handing off to. Okay, now we're doing the you know doing a different order and so, um, mm. yeah, yeah. It's just my I I, I miss no, anything normal. <laughs> much you know, like, yeah. well, it's funny that you say that because that's another way that it's actually easier for me. I feel huh. more like I'm along for the ride and Joey and Chris are in charge, <laughs> which I I do not like on a normal Sunday. I don't feel that way. On a normal Sunday, I feel like I'm like managing everything that's happening. Mm. And this is so far out of my skill set, the tech side of it, that I'm just like, okay, I'll step up and preach when they tell me to, you know, <laughs> feel I feel more, uh, more like a specialist, I guess, which is yeah, kind of nice. Mm. Yeah, must be nice. Cool. Could be a good habit to have later, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe that you focus thing. on one thing. Mm-hmm. I, th- I felt like I was possibly a distraction for one or both of you, because you know there's almost nobody in the room, and the mm. two people that are in the room when you're up on stage are like running around, switching places uh, and moving yeah. things, and like I ran up with some water at one point. I just felt like I'm probably being really distracting. But. See, I was ready for it this week. <laughs> The week before, before that, it was freaking me out. <laughs> and I was panicking. I was like, I don't know which camera I'm looking at. And he's moving all the cameras. And I don't know what's happening. So, yeah, that, that I think that was yeah. the week before. I was totally horrified. But then this week, I was like used to it all. Like, oh, okay, this is how we do it now. And you said you yeah, went the- back and watched today already? Yeah. Okay. I think I watched it. I can't remember if I listened or watched. I think I was kind of like gardening and half watching, half listening. It the last two it weeks wasn't completely terrible. Yeah, the last two weeks was really weird. It was like because I think we were it was all new to everybody too. So the people in the room were like on Facebook and had their phones out. And I think like Karis was like videotaping me with her phone at one point, and it was yeah, yeah. I was just like, what? <laughs> Literally, no well, one was like. Well, yeah. So the the four of us <laughs> in the room, at least me, Karis, and Autumn last week. So not yesterday, but a week ago. We were trying to worship, but the screens up front were put away. So <laughs> that's right. So we so you were could, trying oh, to kind yeah. of worship off of our phones, but that was delayed. So then we were looking at the back of the room because the back of the room screen was up. So it was like <laughs> trying to find the words of the songs was tricky. Oh, that's funny. I didn't even realize that. It makes sense now. I was wondering why you were sitting in the back of the room and you kept mm-hmm. looking back. It makes sense. Yep. Well, it, the camera shots are much easier and much better without pink everywhere. But. Mm. Anyways. All right. Word. Mm. Diving in. All right. Ready to dive in? I'm diving in. I'm going deep. My head, I wanna be. You guys remember that song? Nope. Stephen Curtis Chapman, baby. <laughs> yeah. <It's> my boy. <laughs> Jim. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, cool. Well, um, this week is our sixth, was our sixth week of what was a six or seven week series on prayer it is officially now the sixth week of the sixth week 
or of six weeks. It's the final. Mm. It was the final. It's weekend officially prayer. six weeks now. We've we've at six weeks decided it's officially six weeks. So this mm. this current series was talking with God, the ancient art of prayer, a series about prayer and fasting. Um, we talked about reading and praying through the resurrection guide a lot, uh, and just taking baby steps towards doing prayer and doing fasting a little bit better, uh, or a little bit more even, maybe not better. But um, so that was the series. We're finished with another series, and this will be the last podcast on another series. How many series mm. has have we gone through with the podcast now? Like four, I think, three or four. Y'all, Chick-fil-A is giving Sounds bonus right. points for April mobile orders, just in case you were wondering. Whoa. Whoa! <laughs> but this week was that was <laughs> sorry. I see squirrel. I turned squirrel moment. turned off. Do not disturb on most things and not everything. And now I'm I'm Chick Fil A's got me. They just know we're podcasting. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Chick Fil A mobile orders and curbside delivery. I would love to be sponsored by Chick Fil A, dude. That'd be Let's awesome. Whoa! <laughs> All right. This week was pray like a child from Luke chapter eleven, uh, verse one through verse 13 and your um, main points were pray with a form pray shamelessly and pray with grace anything about why you chose luke chapter 11 to finish uh off the series on prayer i think i have some thoughts and ideas but i'll let you share them. yeah yeah um so i never do anything for one reason it's always for like seven reasons so I'll try to keep it small. <laughs> uh, the number one reason was we had designed this resurrection prayer guide, and that's that's where I was starting. I was like, what are the five, you know, scriptural prompts and prayers, or six scriptural prompts and prayers for the week after the sermon? So I started there. Um, also was trying to keep it to the most famous, clear New Testament teachings on prayer. So the whole series, I was trying to do the greatest hits of prayer. And then I really liked the um, framing of starting with the Lord's Prayer and ending with the Lord's Prayer. So we started with Matthew 6 and ended with Luke 11. Those are the two different places Jesus gives that prayer. So um, I think those are the, probably the three biggest reasons. There are probably other things as well, but yeah, those are the main ones. And so... It- I guess you begun by focusing on this and now ending by focusing on the idea that, you know, if we don't know what to say, we have options, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, yeah. I want to get people to put their toes in the water. I'm a why person, so I focus a lot on why. Um, I think prayer is really a good what experience. Like, just do it, you know. Try it. Mm. Try it again. Try it a different way. Keep doing it. Um, so this was a good good place to come back to that. Mm. I like it. I like it. Hmm. So the text starts with uh, the Lord's Prayer, right? Start, right's in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking mm-hmm. we all could over Skype recite it together. Ready? Uh, <laughs> Which version? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just which, which translation? Just kidding. You know all the videos of of uh, just in case anyone was wondering, all the videos of people doing things synced together on Skype or video chat. It's pretend. It's fake. They don't actually mm. sync them live because nothing is good mm. because of latency. 
Latency. Mm. latency. Oh, no. Not latency. It all comes latency. back to that. Latency. You know what I think of when you say latency? I think of that 90s rock ballad, Silent Lucidity. But lucidity and latency are two totally different things, right? Similar but different, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lucidity is like being awake and latency is being asleep, kind of? Or lagging? Oh, okay. Is latency got- lagging? Latency is lagging type things. Yeah. Lagging? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Delay things. Delay. I don't know. I'm not a... I'm not a... Or latent means hidden, I think. Uh, so, I'm inspired, though. I'm going to wake up late one day and just tell Brooke, I'm experiencing latency in my day already. <laughs> okay. Real life latency. Okay, here latency. it is. Okay, you the, got it? St- the state of existing but not yet being developed or manifest. Concealment. Oh, oh I like okay. that. Mm. That's good. This mm. podcast is brought to you by the word latency. Mm. <laughs> All right. What were we talking about, actually, though? <laughs> no, I mean, I just made a Lord's Prayer joke. That's all. No big deal. Oh, gotcha. Okay, good, mm. good. Um, okay. But, Those are my favorite. But I guess uh, <laughs> they're my favorite, too. You're welcome. Uh, the Lord's the Lord's Prayer. Uh, praying like a child. And so I, I would like you to make a little bit of the connection for us of mm. it being a child, but he's teaching the disciples. Um, mm-hmm. Also... A child prays with the form and shamelessly and by grace. I don't know mm-hmm. if you could help me make that connection between praying, gotcha. why why this looks like praying like a child. Yeah, I should have gone into that a little bit more. I, I feel like I made too many jumps this week. So um, I don't always lay out the strings between idea one, two, and three. Uh, so the illustration kind of introduced the idea Kids don't know how to talk to people. So my parents had to teach me that when someone talks to me, I have to answer them. We had to teach our kids that. Like, it's rude to just stand there and stare at people. You have to say something, you know. So I was taught to say, okay. And, you know, there are little things you're taught as children. And the same thing with prayer. And my illustration with the form is we teach kids to close their eyes and and fold their hands. Or, you know, we I didn't go into all the other ways we do this. Uh, God is great. God is good. Thank you, God, for our food. Or, Lord, we give you thanks for the bounty we receive. Or, um, what's the other one you hear a lot? Bless this food to our bodies and to thy service. Mm, or yeah. I don't know. They're little memorized prayers that are part of the... Bless us, O Lord, uh, and these thy gifts which we're about to receive from thy bounty through Christ our right, Lord. Right, right. Things like, things like that. Little memorized prayers. So, that's really childish. You know, like that's... Giving people a formula is childish. So, I think that doesn't make it bad. You know, it's like, that's good. We need that, you know, like we are children. And so I think we get caught in this tailspin of, oh, that means it's bad. No, that that's not bad. Like Jesus actually tells us to pray like a little child, you know, and we, we looked at this some in Luke 18 a couple of weeks ago as well. He says, children are the model, like to relate to God. This is the model, you know, parent, child. Um, only what's different about our model in our human lives is, it's a perfect father relating to the child. So, you know, that's that's a big difference, um, which comes in the end of the passage, you know, about, well, you you fathers, even though you're evil, still know how to be good. Sometimes your kids, well, God's the perfect father. So, Yeah, and there's at least two distinct categories in my head when you're talking about that. So, you're talking about, um, like, the substance of your prayers, not being afraid to be childish, 
Mm-hmm. I guess you're mm-hmm. saying the the way you approach, but also remembering your status as a child who has a father, right? And so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in my mind, those are those are things that you're you're doing a good job of blending back and forth. But that mm-hmm. that's where my head goes first. Is oh yeah, that's two that's two things. Some some of us forget that we even have a father, and then some of us want to be super mature and um, super spiritual and and not act like we're we're like little children before god mm-hmm. is that, that agreed kind of yeah yeah i think so i think all that i think it should have been a one-hour sermon but <laughs> well i think if there's any time to do one-hour sermons now is it so <laughs> i'm not saying to just do it but yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh and and I guess that idea is obviously related to the let the little children come to me idea, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Luke 18, he says, let the little children come to me. You know, the kingdom is for children, and you're not even going to really see the kingdom unless you come like a little child. You know, so there's, there's all these layered different ways that he says it. Um, so in this passage, in Luke 11, uh, fatherhood comes at the first, the first line of the Lord's Prayer, Father, which I really didn't comment on. I kind of kept my child analogies to the overview, you know, intro and conclusion of the sermon. Oh, but okay. yeah, yeah. he starts with Father, and then it ends with, you earthly fathers are evil, but you still know how to give good gifts. So, so there's a wraparound from verse, whatever that is, two or three, to verse 13. So it does start and end with fatherhood. Yeah, yeah, from verse two and then verse 11, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't show the exegesis as much this week. I just kind of skimmed over the text. I think a little bit. yeah. So verse two says, you know, and he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, how be your name. Mm-hmm. And then verse eleven mm-hmm. talks about what father, if a son asks for a fish, won't said mm-hmm. give a serpent, right? Something like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and even in the go bang on the door like you would with a neighbor. Even in that illustration, it's like, who who comes to your house in the middle of the night to do laundry? Well, a college kid does, but you don't really do that to your neighbor, you know? So, <laughs> so that's like, your shameless, your yeah. second point, the shameless. Yeah, yeah, there. the second point, too, I think still even fits in that. Even though he's mm-hmm. he's using a friend and a neighbor as, as the comparison, he's saying, but your relationship with God is is better than that. You know, it's not that kind of embarrassment and social you know, violation of social norms. It's it's closer, it's more intimate, it's more shameless than that. Mm-hmm. Which really in our world, only only a parent and child or, you know, or maybe a husband and wife, you know, there are very few relationships where there's like no shame. You know, that's a rare thing. I just love to, I was looking back at verse um, verse one and they're saying, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And I just love the story of this. Just, just what a gift this is. I'm thinking, mm. okay, so John is giving his disciples some kind of guidance. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's in in scripture. If we see that, you know, really laid out, but yeah. but he's teaching them something, and and so Jesus' disciples are like, teach us something, and just just the beauty of okay, John could have told us something, mm-hmm. but the Son of God gets to tell us this just amazing, deep, rich. 
shocking, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like how, how shocking so much of this would have been and it still is to us. But I just love that contrast in the story of, okay, whatever John was saying, it's, you know, it was one yeah, thing, yeah. but what Jesus tells us is such, such authoritative, you know, you think mm-hmm. about when, when he would go into the synagogues and people were like, who is this that teaches with authority, you know, and the same thing mm-hmm. here, it's like, the one who is closest to the father telling us how to talk to the father. It's just such a cool, um, yeah, rich thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I think it would have been a common, would have been a common framework in the first century that disciples of a teacher, um, which is a common thing, like this is, this is how they did school. You know, you, the way they did school is you followed a teacher around for couple years you know like so the john the baptist and his disciples and the jesus and his disciples that framework um that framework is normal what's unique is what jesus does within that framework you know mm-hmm. yeah totally another way to say what you were saying just now too is like prayer was an expected habit of mm-hmm of these students and you know like i was thinking that too like how many people would come to like hey hey teacher teach me how Mm -hmm. to pray you know we think that we would more be talking about knowledge or topics or skills Mm -hmm. or you know something Mm -hmm. else but that prayer is is part of the life like and so that yeah they're asking their teachers show us Mm -hmm. give me great great tim color quote chris connell gave us the only person who dares to wake up a king at 3 a.m for a glass of water is a child, and we have that kind of access. Hmm. Hmm. Great quote. So it's, good. It's interesting if you're in the Bible reading plan for this year and you look at the past few chapters we're supposed to read in Joshua, you find mm-hmm. that at one point they didn't consult the Lord, right? And they got mm-hmm. their butts kicked. <laughs> and mm-hmm. because they decided we can do this on our own since we've already had success, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of what they're thinking. Uh, but then mm. when you look at the next chapters, uh, Joshua makes this prayer that, like, I mean, only a kid would make this kind of prayer. Hey, God, how about mm. holding the sun and the moon still so we can finish this battle? <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. And he does. Wow. Yeah. God's like, okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's huge. Cool. Uh, so, cool, cool. Uh, I think, I mean, this is going to be one where we jump in between points, so I don't want to force us to stay in between the points. Uh, I do I do want you to, you probably can't quote it, I can quote it for you if you want to, but uh, mm-hmm. where is the removing the shepherd from Psalm 23 from? Is that something you made up, or is that is that a... It's uh, in Paul Miller's book. Oh, okay. Okay, never mind. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. The uh, I th- I thought that was very shocking and helpful. Mm-hmm. Something we've been uh, for a lot of Christians are kind of stewing on this right now. There was a philosopher named Charles Taylor that wrote this like thousand page book that's really hard to understand. But a couple of Christian pastors and professors have like written summaries of it, and it's about secularism and how. Um, we live in the secularist or naturalistic or the way Paul Miller talks about in his prayer book is cynical age where it's hard to believe. Like hmm. believing makes less sense 
in our minds, I don't mean in the world, the Bible would say, you know, you're stupid to not see God, but, and it takes some work to not see God, but just our culture is more naturalistic and secular and cynical than ever before. And mm-hmm. so uh, Miller does a really good job talking about that in his prayer book. And then I've also been studying that on the other side, Charles Taylor's work and Jamie Smith's little book, basically on Char- Charles Taylor's longer book on the secular age and how that's kind of the the air we breathe. I've been thinking about it for Easter and for the resurrection sermon on Easter as well. Chris, you're going to do that that song? This is the air I breathe. <laughs> I used to love that. I used to love that song. Yeah. Mm, good Bring it back. But yeah. So so you did that exercise of taking out all the references to God and reading through Psalm 23, and it was just all I, me, my cup, uh, the valley of death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The valley of shadow of death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was me, really good. Me, my, my. Me, yeah. me, my. Mm-hmm. I fear mm-hmm. my enemies, mm-hmm. my head, my cup. Yeah. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Which I was trying to make the point of, this is why we need the form, because the removal of God is the form the culture is offering us. It's like, here you go. It's all about you. And so forms like the Lord's Prayer or Psalm 23 help us combat that. You know, like there's some, mm-hmm. some armor there in our, our praying and thinking about God. Mm, yeah. And you, oh, I was going to say you summarized it, but I guess Tim Chester summarized praying by saying that it's basically a child asking a father for help. It's that simple. Yes, although I did not use that quote in the sermon, but it was in my notes. Dude, I have no clue what you used in your sermon. I was <laughs> I was physically cameras? I was physically in the room, but not yes. actually in the room. Yes. But that is a good a good quote. Tim Chester wrote a good book on prayer as well that my buddy Kyle Black bought me. Thanks, Kyle Black. Thanks, Kyle Black. <laughs> So there was a question we had on the balance of asking. and mm-hmm. Dude, I run the show here. In. I will decide okay. when we do that. <laughs> yeah. I run the show. Do it. I, do I'm it, just Dave. going back and forth in my brain if, if I do need to give us some structure with the points. So we've talked praying mm-hmm. with a form already, basically, mm-hmm. completely. Um, mm-hmm. We've talked some praying shamelessly already, right? Like... Mm-hmm. The king coming and the kids, friends knocking on the doors. We talked a little bit about that. Uh, we haven't talked so much praying by grace. And so I think we have a question that fits pretty well with talking about praying by grace. And so the mm-hmm. thing with this podcast is it's a it's a question and answer podcast. We mm. we we fiddle around and talk about things um when you guys don't provide us with great questions or with any questions asked, really. So you could submit your questions for this podcast to podcast at begrace.org. You can also um, drop them, I guess, in the live stream on Sunday would be a better place than on Mondays because we're not really paying that much attention to them while we're recording the podcast. And you mm. could also go to begrace.org slash podcast. So if you have some questions or thoughts or comments about it, uh, the sermon that Sunday, we'd love to hear them and get them so that we can talk about them here. One of the ones we've gotten recently is a question about balance with always mm-hmm. knocking and asking in prayer. So the question says, how do you find a balance with always knocking and asking in prayer, but not being mm-hmm. consumed with when 
or how God will answer them. Mm. What do you guys think about that? I have some ideas, but I want to see what Jim and Chris have to say. Good, good, good. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I actually think about a balance. I mean, some days mm. there's a list. Some days there's a lot of praise. Some days there's just, I find myself listening a lot more. So mm. I think, I would say, look at the Psalms. If you want to see... You know, some days the psalmist is saying, God, when are you going to do something about this problem? Some days mm. he's just saying, you're a great and mighty father, and thank you for loving me. Mm. So I, I think, uh, yeah, I've always, that the thing about balance, you know, it's always you think about holding a bowl upside down and trying to keep a marble in the middle of it. I don't mm. think we can ever do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think, because we don't, it brings me back to the whole point that the Holy Spirit is interpreting for us and interceding for us in our prayers. Mm. So why don't we just go ahead and pray? Mm. Yeah, I think I think this question focuses a little more, though, on uh, when and how God will answer. So the balance of asking mm. God and continuing mm-hmm. to ask God and not really worrying or stressing out about when mm. or how he'll answer. And I mean, to go back to the child picture when my daughter wants something like Mm -hmm. she's gonna ask me and she's gonna Mm -hmm. ask me again and Mm -hmm. she's gonna want it to happen and not be stressing but like we have um well i mean a couple things i've talked about before so so baseball like at least once a week she's still asking me when's baseball coming back Mm -hmm. um we have a Mm -hmm. camp we go to every summer every day (laughs) i can't wait for that when are we gonna go to that what are we doing like, so she mm. has this excitement and anticipation, but it's also almost a trust in that I will make things happen, even if they're completely out of my control and I can't make those things happen, you know? Mm. So I think yeah. I think that's the question is more about, you know, should I ask God once and then be done with asking because I mm-hmm. can trust God? Or should I keep knocking and asking? Mm. How do I not stress well, about all of that part of it, the answering? Yeah. Well, I, I think I can stitch together what Jim said and what Joey just said. I think, to Jim's point, there's not a should. There's a there's a do. Hmm. You know, there, you just ask. And and I so so I don't think so I don't think the keep asking is a formula for getting the answer you want. Hmm. Yeah. There's a danger of thinking. Oh, this one says keep asking. Oh, that's what I'm supposed to do to get what I want. And then the other one says, pray in Jesus' name. Oh, okay, that's what I do to get what I want. You know, there's a danger of turning any of the forms into a formula and thinking the formula will get what we want when we're really trusting God to provide what's best for us. And so I could ask all day, every day, or I could say, you know what? I'm not going to ask today. I'm going to just praise God for his good. You know, going back to like the the seasons and the ups and downs we see in the Psalms. Mm. Um, so probably when I was teaching it yesterday, I really had probably too much in mind the Protestant, Reformed, we don't really pray because God is sovereign side of the fence. I wasn't mm. thinking enough about the 
the kind of Pentecostal, we can, we can get God to do what we want if we say it the right way. Because those are two extremes of prayer, right? I addressed it a little bit. You know, sometimes God says no or wait. So I addressed it a little bit, but I don't think I addressed it as much. So I think those are the two extremes. One extreme is we don't ask. We just are like, God is sovereign, the end. Um, the other extreme is we think, oh, if I ask just the right way, then he'll... And you've used this illustration, I think, Joey, with your daughter, right? Like a four-year-old is like, well, what about this? Well, what about that? Oh, yeah. And what if I say it this <laughs> way? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, too, well, the, the what I was going to say is the um, there. that's such a good connection to make with, like, God answering and us asking. And I think there's that I, – I can speak from my weakness in saying when I don't believe God will do or act or answer, then I really have a much harder time knocking and asking over and over and mm-hmm. over again. Like, mm-hmm. I won't, right? Because I don't think – anything will happen. So, so that's, that's a danger of just shutting down prayer. Um, but I think as you guys are talking, the thing I, the thing I thought of was, um, how, how closely this, we know this is linked to desire. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, I guess that's, that's the thing is as a little child, just, just being okay with this thing won't leave my heart. Like I, it's still in there, but the but the mature the mature journey I think is saying, um, God, you are the source of life and of peace. So, so I want you more than whatever that other thing is. Help that to be true. Mm-hmm. And I know that you can make me stop wanting this if this is not a good thing to want. Mm-hmm. And and so I think I think that's an important thing too. Almost as a just like if I keep having this this weight and this longing or this fear or whatever and i'm in this good habit of casting my cares on on the lord then i know it will be resolved somehow either he can change my desires or he can give me the thing (laughs) or you know he can make something happen um and some just having that open-handedness but also being just okay with this has not gone away this desire has not gone away you know Mm -hmm. and maybe you will struggle with it for your whole life and that what he's teaching you in that is to be dependent for your whole life you know Mm -hmm whatever that thing, I don't know. Does that, that kind of make yeah. sense? Yeah, it does. It's, that it's whole the, interplay of desire. the idea of God shaping the desires of your heart, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that goes back to the Holy Spirit ultimately is the gift in, in everything we ask for. Yeah. God himself yep. is the ultimate answer to prayer. God gives us himself. Mm-hmm. And then he matures us and shapes us. He interprets our prayers in Romans 8. Um, but there's also this idea of uh, yeah, I don't know. I lost it. Something about the Holy Humanness. Spirit. Holy Spirit shapes our prayers. Can't, that's gone now. That's the important thing. I, yeah. What it, what it made me think of is uh, Brooke and I got to write a song for the women's retreat. And uh, mm-hmm. so we were trying to use Psalm 23, uh, you know, God leading us by still waters and to green mm-hmm. pastures. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as we were riding it, we were kind of wrestling with this, like, well, man, in this pandemic time, this doesn't feel like green pastures, right? And it mm-hmm. and it isn't it isn't green pastures physically, or um, you know, in our in our temporary circumstances. And so the lines we kind of ended up writing were, "You are my greenest pastures, you are my quiet waters," mm-hmm. and so that that idea of that's how that's how you trust God in the valley of the shadow of death is knowing He is the the peace 
and mm. and not your circumstances. And mm. so, yeah. Um, anyway, that was that was kind of a fun journey as we were trying to wrestle mm. that out for the song. And I keep recommending the book of Praying Life by by Paul Miller, but he he spends most of the book wrestling with that balance. So to uh, I think Kinder laid out that question, but I think a lot of people have the question of that balance. And that book of praying life wrestles that through. It's like, okay, just do it. Just pray. But yeah, here's how we can wrestle on that balance. And he uses Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane as a model. So Jesus, as a man, modeled how to be a man depending on God. And he had the prayer in the Garden of, take this cup from me. I'm sweating blood. I'm freaking out. Yet not my will, your will be done. So we see that that tension of I'm giving I'm I'm sanctifying, you know, or I'm being sanctified by you, Lord. I'm continually being changed by your presence, by your will. I'm giving myself over your will, even as I'm asking for what I desperately want in this moment. Mm-hmm. Um and so yeah, he's got he's got like some cool charts and everything too of, of that that balance and stuff. That's awesome. Chris, are we gonna or does it already exist? get a, a video version of that on YouTube or anything? Because to be honest, I found a way for Catherine to watch it on repeat and she's been watching it on repeat. But I want <laughs> I want the real version out there. It's so good. Mm. Thanks, man. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm working on it. Uh, get I, out of here. Just I have to get wife's permission. So Release so the tapes. For, for, Release the tapes. <laughs> Did we just have your wife do it live every night at a certain time? <laughs> She'd love She'll that. Love that. that will yeah, grant, so for people who don't know what we're, yeah, what we're talking about, so we recorded a video. We re, Well, we recorded a bunch of instruments in our quarantine way, and then we, we sang... Brooke and I sang live over that, but I had her sing the lead vocal because it was a women's retreat and I wanted them to be able to sing along. And it's but so good. She was she was nervous and uh, she doesn't love videos of herself. And well, thanks, man. I, I'm glad. I mean, it's really encouraging. And I will talk to her about it, but we'll we'll release some version of it sometime you for sure. Are my yeah. You could release that wife. where it's like there's like a. We can't see your face version. Blue Redacted black. face Redacted. version. Redacted. <laughs> yeah. Redacted version. She, that probably would make her feel better. It would make anyone else feel better, but I like her face. Well, but, we yeah. love her. She's beautiful, and she's a great singer. So we would love more of Brooke singing if she I'll would make be sure willing to grace us with it. Release the tapes. Okay, I'll, I'll make sure she listens to this podcast. Hi, Brooke. <laughs> Just Hi, just put it on Bluetooth in the other room real quick. <laughs> yeah. <We're fans. laughs> um, sorry, that happened earlier. That was earlier reference. Chris was setting setting said, everything up, and oh, yeah. all of a sudden he was in his living room. So, and just for the record, I have always said that Brooke Webster is the best thing about Chris Webster music. So mm. it's true. Mm. It's true. That and speaking I mean, of Bluetooth, two Gun Henry. Sorry, go ahead. Bluetooth uh, and two Gun Henry. <laughs> speaking of bluetooth i have to tell this funny story that made me think of so comedy moment but it was so it's speaking of the pandemic homeschooling so we have these bluetooth speakers in our in our homeschool room and that's how i will sometimes sneak and do uh principal announcements over the loudspeakers. <laughs> like I'll, okay. I'll record on, on my phone and be like Boo. 
boop, attention, children. And so, anyway, that was how we surprised the kids with taking them to Great Wolf Lodge one time as I did a principal announcement and I canceled school and we hopped in the van and drove to Great Wolf Lodge and it was Whoa. great. So, nice. Anyway, so that that's a funny... See, even though you're evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. <laughs> Way to tie it in. You're yeah. pro. That's really good. Really good. But that was before all this madness... Great Wolf Lodge, I'm assuming, is close at this point, right? Mm. That means we'll be the only ones there. So, yep. I'm, I'm going. Dude, not a bad thing. Get in the car. You need to announce that they're going into the backyard with a sprinkler. <laughs> Perfect. Mm. It's raining today, isn't it? It was raining. It's dark mm. in my room now. We had some sprinkles. Mm. Sprinkles. Mm. Mm-hmm. Any other things about the sermon? <laughs> I think we covered most things. Now I got Chris's song stuck in my head. <laughs> now people are logging on saying the song was incredible. You're not supposed oh, to be watching the chat, but hi, Julia. Oh, yeah, I'm not watching nice. it. I'm paying no attention to it. Pay no attention to the chat in the corner. <laughs> no, it's good. It's just technically we're in the podcast time, everybody. So in Sorry. podcast time, we're not going to be watching the chat as closely because it's oh. strange for people who listen to it later. However, before we start, we're going to be doing non-podcast time where it's all about you in the video. So leave your chats. But yeah, I, I really appreciate the question um, from Kendrick in Central Texas about uh, how to pray. And I think that's where we were last at. And how to uh, not just pray, but how to expect, I guess, or how to wait for answers to prayers. Mm-hmm. What that posture mm-hmm. looks like. Other thoughts mm-hmm. on prayer, on Praying with a form, praying shamelessly, or praying by grace? There's one more form. I was trying to not give too many forms, but the uh, sometimes people call it the Jesus prayer, I think, that uh, Jesus have mercy on me, a sinner. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's an old, like, very, uh, the like, the kind of Catholic, Orthodox, mystic tradition does it a lot. But it's basically the prayer from Luke 18 where the where the tax collector was, like, beating his chest and saying, God have mercy on me, a sinner. Basically that prayer. Um, So that's another form. If you have a short attention span, (laughs) that'd be a really short prayer to memorize that's a form, you know, just that. um, And other people just recommend just, you know, crying out to Jesus, Jesus help me, Jesus help me. You know, that's the, I think that's the uh, Johann Sebastian Bach prayer. He would write Soli Deo Gloria at the end of all of his music and he'd write, Jesus help me. Uh, Yesu, Yevu, I think it Yeva. is. Yeva. Uh, Deva? At the beginning. Yeva? Jeva? <laughs> <laughs> you say Deva? My new name. My new, my new <laughs> Yeah. Yesu, Yeva. Yeah. Yesu, no, I loved, I loved your point of um, God is the one who will never, never shame you for, mm-hmm. for how you come to him. That was, that was super huge. And I did, I did, it had me thinking too, um, in my world of music land and, and corporate, worship songs and i think it's a good spot to um to kind of encourage people on both sides of um of the aisle of musical style and lyrical style Mm. so i think um i think so you could make a case for saying the hymns with their beautiful super well thought out perfectly rhymed um expansive theology are kind of like the form prayer that are that do are meant for you to sit as a child and learn from them and to to mm-hmm. grow and and to learn new things 
And so there's huge value in that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's very apparent to some types of people. And then there are the simple songs where it really is just a heartfelt cry to God um, that isn't that isn't a huge form prayer. It is more like the Jesus help me kind of songs, mm-hmm. and that's that's hugely helpful and apparent to some types of people. And I just want to encourage <laughs> both people in both camps to look at the other side and see see the importance of both. Um, we yeah. try to we try to mix them together. We don't you know don't always do it perfectly, but. Uh, lots of people would love more hymns and lots of people would love more, you know, simple, simple, mm-hmm. uh, you know, emotional songs. Um, but I think we, we all can learn from the one that's not as instinctive to us. Um, and I just would encourage everybody to, to look at that. Well, can I add something to that? I think there yeah. are two kinds of forms. No, Joey says no. Okay, never mind. Please do. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> there are two kinds of forms, right? So the emotional small, less words, repetitive form is shaping your heart and your posture, and the the complex doctrinal form is shaping your thinking. Um, but those are both shaping us liturgically in, in good and important ways. And so, um, yeah, I, I just encourage that also. We, we need both kinds, and don't. Don't just think that your preference is the holy one. People people jump to that because mm-hmm. as a teacher, I guarantee you know it's easy to find internet articles that will tell you that your preferences are the best ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'll be able to find all kinds of support for whatever your preferences are. So be careful. What was uh, what was the? I guess before I ask that question. Um, mm-hmm. How far or what, oh man, what mechanism or method should we use in order to shape how we choose what form to use? So, like, should we be looking at historically what the church has done? And I, I guess for me, um, mm-hmm. it's based off of about 15 years ago, maybe. The prayer of Jabez got really big. You remember that one? Mm. The, yeah. Father, bless me yeah. indeed. You're all that I need. Expand my horizons beyond what I see. Like that got really big. And it was mm-hmm. really big for a couple years. And then it was gone. So I'm just wondering, how should we choose what forms we decide to allow to shape our prayers and allow to shape our theology and our thinking? Like where should we get those from? Mm-hmm. Well, I think what was tricky about the the prayer of Jabez was it it came from a direction where normally we would honor it, right? Like, so it was a a leader with a good track record that wrote that book, and so he was trusted to be biblical, and so that was part of why it was a little weird. Um, so I think his it was a biblical prayer; he was praying prayer right out of scripture, but it was. Um, kind of taken out of context, I think. Hmm. And so that was part of why people critiqued it as not super healthy. Um, so I think I think Bible is where you start. So that example is tricky because it's like, yeah, he started with the Bible. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, yeah, I mean, I think the Bible is where you start. Um, and then I think we've got <clears throat> tests of history, you know, like uh, what has the church always believed? So 
as I think about it, we have local elders at a church, and that's the basic biblical structure, is your local elders are your leaders, and your Bible is your Supreme Court. Um, and then we've got non-local elders as well, which is the church universal. And so I would say, as Protestants, mm-hmm. we don't put them at the same level of uh, authority as the Scripture, right? So as Protestants, we'd say the Scripture is the Supreme Court of settling what's true and what's not and what's authoritative. But we still want to listen to tradition, you know, like they're still uh, part of the cloud of witnesses that we listen to. We respect our elders. We pay attention to what other saints and Christians have said. So we definitely want to consult history, I think, in, in that process um, while making Bible and gospel the, the bottom line. Um, so I don't know if that helps. That's Those are pretty broad categories, really. I, th- I mean, I think it helps. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering, like, I guess if there's anything more practical we can point to and say, hey, this is something that does exist and is helpful or not. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it you, sounds self-serving, but that's—I mean—that's kind of what the organization of the church is, right? We're we're pastors and elders of local church that say, "Hey, come worship with us," and "Hey, here's some ideas to help you grow in your faith." So we are kind of we're we're giving those forms to people, <laughs> um, and and then we do it always saying we're pulling these from the Bible. These ways we're telling you to do this are not the only way to do it, and you check us with the Bible. You know, you ask us hard questions. You. You make the Bible your your bottom line, even as we're giving you some forms, even as we're mediating Bible to you, right? So we're trying to feed people with Bible, with God's Word, and we're giving them forms and, and mediated structures to do that, songs, prayers, you know, books about the Bible, thing, you know, habits, things to try, worship services. But we're saying, hey, but we want you to keep doing the hard work of testing and researching and seeing, is this really biblical and does this stand up? Yeah, that that's what I was gonna say. Is is the non-negotiables are loving God's word, mm-hmm. and being in a, being a part of a church that loves God's word. Mm-hmm. And when, when you've got those two things in place, you that's that's the filter for good and bad songs to sing. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I think you know. And so so that will that will start. Like you said, you still have to do the hard work of saying. Is this simple song true? Is this hymn true? How is it and how it is it not? And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I think though when you've got those things in place and you're 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 not allowed to let go of either of those things, really, that's not mm-hmm. optional. Um, but you can you can let go of songs that don't line up with with the scripture. So, um, mm-hmm. Jim, you have any thoughts on that or no? Well, I I yeah. I fear that anything I will say will come across like, oh, you got this all figured out. Well, I don't, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And I want to freely admit that I am random. I mm-hmm. like variety. I excuse mm-hmm. myself to do things uh, and not do them. And mm-hmm. that applies to prayer and other stuff. So, it, I, yeah, I'm in the learning process and learning how I ought to pray and and making myself pray when I don't even – think about it you know there's all these okay go back to engines right how many times have i been in the middle of a car problem and suddenly it occurs to me oh god might be able to help me with this it Mm. doesn't happen all the time but but i wish that i would remember more often that consulting god with my issues Mm. whatever they may be 
is really important. And it's the first thing I ought to be doing, not the last thing I think of when I'm totally frustrated and think I've broken everything that I ever started. Uh, just, yeah. yeah, that's good. And I think it's also helpful to step back, and I mentioned this in the sermon a little bit. We we live on the spontaneous or non-structured side of the middle, I'd say, Um and that's arguable, right? Everybody, depending on your background, if you come from the hyper-structured side, they'll think we're the most spontaneous, crazy, unstructured thing ever. And if mm. you come from a very spontaneous side, you think we're really rigid and strict. Um, but I think kind of knowing where we are and saying, it's okay, we've chosen this. Like, we're doing this on purpose. <laughs> mm. And we're not saying this is the only way to do the Christian life. But this is our best way forward with the gifts we've got, the city we're in, the resources God has given us. You know, so I think having kind of an open-handedness about that too is is part of the process. So we desire a rule, a rule of faith, mm-hmm. and the rule of faith, best I can tell, is the gospel, and then we've got the word of God and local leaders. Like those are the three rules, right? Mm-hmm. Gospel's the bottom line. That's the that's the like, you know, most important thing. And then local leaders and um the uh the Bible, there's more debate, right? Like there's gonna be more arguing and hashing things out. Those are those are bigger bigger categories. Um but those are our rules. And people usually want more of a rule than those three things, but I don't I don't think we're allowed more of a rule than those three things other than the rule of this is what we do week to week here. It's just what we do, but it's not the only way to do it. And I think the big danger mm-hmm. churches get into is saying, oh, we found more of a rule than gospel Bible and local leaders, and we're going to tighten it up and call it an actual rule, like a standard or a practice. That's fine. You know, like, but we get in danger of violating the norms of scripture when we start to say, our way of doing it is is the best way. Mm. Um, and so that's really, that's just a real slippery thing because obviously you're going to do what you think is best, right? So there's some <laughs> level of, of course we're doing what we think is best. But if we're preaching what we're doing is best, then then we've kind of like stopped preaching Christ subtly, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So there's this weird tension of we've got to do what we think is best, but we shouldn't be preaching what we do is best. You know, like those are two different, views on on what is best i guess cool other thoughts ideas i'm holding my papers up getting ready to finish i think i'll I'll just say one last thing um i think it's the last thing we'll see (laughs) the uh well i just i love i love the idea of like like you're saying dave gospel's non-negotiable negotiable and kind of almost seeing this this as a lens that we see the world through. So becoming students of the gospel and, and really just loving it and, and being students of God's word. And in a sense, I've, I've seen people do this with prayer as well. So there's this way in which when you are wandering this world or your homes right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> what, you know, whatever it is, and you encounter a work of art or a person or a situation – and you've, you're you're viewing that not just through, with your own eyes, but the the lens of the gospel, and and 
in a prayerful God, this is, I'm living my whole life before the, your face. Um, that just completely affects how you interact with whatever that thing is. Um, and it allows you, um, to just have this beautiful clarity of, I can find the goodness in, in all these things and I can clearly see where it got twisted and where it went bad. And that gives you this, this wonderful grace. And so the most prayerful people that I've known, um, were also <laughs> probably not coincidentally were gospel loving people. And, the, and so again, they had this, this patience and this resilience because when they when they encountered a person especially they know okay i'm i'm dealing with this mixed bag of beauty and brokenness and mm. i can i can celebrate the good and um you know have have grace for the bad um but i'm not confused about which is which because um uh, because i've i've spent time with god and um and i continue to and i i live my life in a prayerful way and so i think that's just wonderful and and that's like what we're talking about, trying to discern even songs you're singing or songs you're listening to, the same thing happens where you can say, man, that song was 80% amazing. And there was 20% that was like, yeah, you know, whatever. But I can still, I can still learn and grow and and glean Mm -hmm. without just having to throw it out or, or freak out or, Mm -hmm. you know, but I also don't just give myself over to something that's mostly wrong, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, over and over again. So, Mm -hmm. Word. <laughs> Last chance. Can't let it go? Can we do can't let it go? Sure. Angie likes it. Hi, Angie. Hi, Angie. <laughs> Angie's at work saving lives. Oh, yes. Work. It's true. It's true. Mm. You might not have it. I can't let it go. That's okay. But There's le- Our, our spheres have shrunk. Yeah. Our- A bunch of people watching. What? Oh, you froze, Chris. <laughs> oh, man. I, did I? No, you didn't. You didn't? <laughs> Is that just my computer? He's just holding very still. <laughs> uh, there are scary ghost hands grabbing your head on my computer. Cool. Does anybody have anything they want to not let go about? I don't leave my house anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's true. There's nothing new happening. Hang in there, people. I've been out there. It's scary. <laughs> oh, I can't let go that I almost died driving to and from church because no one believes in the speed limit anymore. And apparently they're all externally motivated. But have you all noticed that if you ever go out, people are just flying around. Yes. Man, they just don't care anymore. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, apocalyptic driving. If I was a police officer, I would not want to pull anybody over right now and possibly right. get corona from pulling someone over. But it's true. That's probably what they're banking I on. I think if I was a city manager, yeah. I'd try and make a lot of money. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't let it go. Here's mine. Y'all ready? We're so ready. Mm-hmm. We're so ready. Mine is it's good to stay connected, but maybe God is calling us to extra prayer and solitude right mm. now. Mm. So maybe you need to find a closet if you're not getting enough solitude because you're trapped at home with your family. Um, but yeah, I just wonder if that's part of what God is calling our people to. It, yeah, mine is related to that. It's just something we read in a uh, devotional this morning that that boredom is really 
a request to be entertained. Mm. And yeah, I am so easily drawn to trying to find something to entertain me. Doesn't matter mm. what it is, but instead of running to the one who holds me. So, mm. yeah. So mm. good. You know what Preach. that reminds me of? When the Israelites complain and God gives them quail and he's like, I'm going to give you so much quail, it's going to like come out your ears and your mm. nose. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what we're getting with our screens right now. Mm. Like, oh, okay, screens will save you? All right, let's just do nothing but screens. <laughs> yeah. Dude, right. write a blog post, write an article, yeah. Yeah. send it to TGC. Mm-hmm. They'll publish anything. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Love, love you guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in. This has been Sunday Recap, the weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. We want your questions. Send them to us, podcast at begrace.org or begrace.org slash podcast. <laughs> Screens coming out of our noses. That's the. I think that's going to have to be the title for the episode. Um, <laughs> so. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org. <laughs>